You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and these are Emma Sasek's interviews with the writers and directors for War Pony, Jimmy Gamble, Riley Keough, writer Franklin C.U. Bob, and producer Willie White. Oh, it's a big boy. Since Mama got locked up, she need to go bail her. I ain't got time for this. <laughs> Echo. What do you want? Where you been at? You don't even know me anymore. I'm a changed man. I'm gonna jump soon. Oh, yeah? I'm gonna fall and talk to my girl. You ain't got no girl. You're a really good dancer. Thanks. Can I have a kiss? Bro, you know anybody looking for any PS4s? No, we don't buy PS4s, bro. Hello, Lily. Hello, Frank. Berlin. I hope both of you are doing well. Yeah, hi. I hope you are too. Thank you so much for your time today. I greatly appreciate it. I'm sure that the last year since this film uh, came out at Cannes and so many different festivals and audiences has been just a crazy, exciting time. How do you both uh, describe what it what it's been like the last year plus at this point? For me, I don't know. Life just goes on. So <laughs> I have two small babies and I'm a food and beverage director. So life just keeps life in I, I didn't really have any time to really even reflect on it because I'm not necessarily living in the moment with it because I have other responsibilities so it's mainly real when I come back and dip my toes with all these interviews and then I go back to and then I'll see my name somewhere here and there and I'm like, oh damn like, <laughs> this is about to happen but, it's a very, very crazy just juxtaposition from, you know, everyday single life and then, oh, hey, now everybody wants to interview me and talk with me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's different for sure. Yeah, I think similar feeling. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm always in these threads with Gina and Riley around uh, making these decisions on like, the trailer or what the key art's going to be, you know, and so over the course of this, yeah, past year, it's been a lot of those conversations. And so that's how I found my way, like staying connected or even like, oh, we have a distributor here, you know, and so it's been really, you know, just sort of kept me in the loop throughout this process as we navigate this space. And like and being my first, you know, feature film as a producer has been a learning journey and being able to learn together with Riley and Gina and even Sasha and Ryan, who are the other producers, um, being able to lean on them and their knowledge in this space has been really, yeah, it's been really exciting just to experience what this whole kind of uh, circus is like, because like, I think for me, I've, I've personally been in on this film journey since I was a kid, you know, and it's been like my main passion. And so to be able to be in it, I also work in communications and media for a nonprofit org and so kind of stay connected in the space in that way and so um yeah it's been it's been it's been definitely a, a fun journey of just kind of seeing how things work you know behind the scenes especially on the distribution end because I've always focused on production and so it's been a really cool um journey on this end of it that's really great to hear. I mean, I similarly, I'm a I'm a reporter for the Palm Springs area here. So if I'm writing about health or local events here, that's my everyday. But then I get to speak to, with wonderful people such as yourselves mm -hmm. and dive into the movie world. So it's it's always fun to play those <laughs> dual worlds. <laughs> I guess, you know, kind of going back to Khan last year, what was it like being in that moment? And I mean, I know that uh, the film won the Camera d'Or prize, which I mean, I'm sure winning any type of 
prize associated with a film that you were, you know, involved with is just so monumental. But um, what do you remember from that time last spring? Really, I just, I don't know. It was such a surreal experience that I've, it, like, I developed anxiety from it. I never had anxiety before. And like, it was just, it was such a surreal experience and a lot was going on and it was just humbling and it was just, I got like a really big dose of imposter syndrome personally because I've, I'm like my passion's music. So I've I've been a chef and I, I rap. So like that's my passion. But to come stumble over here in the film world and to actually be part of a project that did all what it's doing, it, it was just like a huge wave of anxiety and imposter syndrome because like Willie Willie's this has been his whole life was filmed. Mm -hmm. And I have friends that dedicate their lives to film and I don't know I just I just had I'm just a really mental person so like it just I put a lot of unwanted things in my head since because it was like I was robbing my own joy with comparison so mm. it was it was just really hard for me just because uh like I said in the last one like I'm just a regular ass person and for this to all happen it's like it's surreal but in a way, I've always wanted this, but it's just, it's different because it happened for film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's I wanted it for music, but still, it's it's a, it's something I wanted, but it was just, like, in who I am as a person, I'm very introvert. So, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you wanted this, but now that you got it, you don't know what to do with it. So, it's like, I'm just having those small internal battles, mainly with just anxiety and imposter syndrome, really. Mm -hmm. But that's me. <laughs> mm. yeah I think that experience of like one learning that we got into Cannes and then to the journey of like okay we got to bring everybody or as many people as we can out uh, was just like this sort of very surreal thing because you know like movies take a lot of time and there's a lot of in-between space and uh, you know, both Frank and I have day jobs and we're working and so out of the blue, you're kind of swept up into this moment where you made this thing together that felt really like intimate. And, you know, and you, you think about these things, of course, but when they happen, it's like it's sort of an outer body thing. And I don't think you, I, I fully ever really like grasped what we did because it all feels I think it was described when we went like a fever dream going to the camp yeah. <laughs> and, and you know for many of the kids that went there too it was their first time my first time out of the country right mm -hmm. um and and experiencing that and experiencing you know one the sleep deprivation because you're in a whole new time zone you're thrusted into this world you know the south of France is super wealthy and as you can see yeah. it everywhere there's this sort of different culture and vibe and there's this different energy and you're kind of being whisked around by this team of publicists, you know, and these interviews and these different spots. And it was this sort of this whirlwind moment of, um, I think none of us had an opportunity to really like catch our breath. And we were just kind of like trying to our best to stick together through it all. And, um, and it was definitely surreal and it was magical. And I went with um, Riley and Gina to the uh, tech screening, like to make sure things worked before the, the actual um you know screening the next day and I remember sitting in that theater and it was empty and just had this moment of like like holy shit we're here in this space <laughs> you know and like you hear about can and you hear about the prestige of being in that space and I think that moment it really hit all of us and 
Yeah, it was just it was so surreal. And then of course you hear the rest whisperings and rumblings of like, oh, there might be an award, you better stay and do this. And and then it's like, whoa, like it's it and it gives you just a different perspective on the whole kind of space, you know, whole festival space. And um it was definitely some an experience that I continue to take with me as, you know, in preparation for things like this, because I think mm-hmm. since then nothing has been compared to can because can has been was this whole circus and now everything here in the u.s has been a lot more easy so definitely good. prepared you for things like this yeah good i i very much can relate to a lot of the sentiment i i had an opportunity to go to the festival just in may and there were many moments where i was like how am i even here how am i breathing the same <laughs> air as these people <laughs> And also, boy, is the wealth distribution so unequal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I had the opportunity to view this film last night, and I'm so, so happy to be speaking with both of you about it. I I could tell that this was a very personal, very sensitive project. Uh, I've read in previous interviews that it has drawn a lot of inspiration from personal experiences. And I know, Franklin, you uh, had worked with Gina and uh, Riley on the writing process with all of this. Um, I'd love to know, uh, how difficult is it to have to really dig in deep with a story such as this, or really just any writing project that it might be, um, especially when it does come from so many personal firsthand experiences, whatever they may be? I don't I don't think it's necessarily hard to dig deep because most of the stories were lived experiences, mm-hmm. whether it's through myself, Bill, or the group of friends that we ran with. Mm-hmm. It, more or less, it's just coming to terms with my name's on this and I'm showcasing a whole different world that happens on the res. Yeah. Like this is a reality, but I'm the one who's going to be showcasing it because my name's co-written right there. And it's just coming to the terms with being okay with that Mm -hmm. because this is a reality and this I mean there's people living this right now and but it's never been showcased Mm -hmm. and it's about to be and it's it's as real as hell it's a very it's a very just cutthroat film and it's just there's no it's very unapologetic it's very eye-opening it's very authentic it's true to the characters it's true to the res but to me, it's just like the fact that my name's next to it and I'm going to be associated associated with it. That's that's the part where I have to come to terms with because living these stories and coming up like this, I mean, we didn't say ask for, you don't ask to come up how you came up. You just had to adapt. Mm-hmm. And this is just, this is just us adapting. This is us living through these traumas, living through these experiences and just laughing about them afterwards because I mean, for some people it's not going to get better than what it is and I just always knew that wasn't for me so being in this position and then when everyone's going to see the film and then just coming to terms with like damn my showcase that I let the world see this part of where I'm from is the part that gives me the little butterflies I guess I was going to say I don't know if you uh as you said, it has your name attached to it. That's what people are going to know in terms of your story and just, you know, where you decided to, uh, you know, draw all of this from. Does that put a lot of pressure on your shoulders in terms of, okay, now I've kind of opened this 
Pandora's box, I guess, in a way, in terms of showing people a whole different type of story about people living on a reservation and the and the issues that are are common and found there. I don't necessarily think it's going to bring added pressure. I feel like it's going to release them just for the fact mm -hmm. that like this is a I don't know, this is just a reality that we've grown up in or the subgroup of boys that I grew up with. It's just just a bunch of hustlers trying to get out of where we're from and it's just some people don't some people do but it just needed to be shown it's just there's another side of the res that has never been shown and this this is the part that people forget about or this is the realities that people like to hide because you're not supposed to talk about that or you're not supposed to showcase that like so and so is going through something just let them go through it but it's like if you don't talk about it or you don't showcase it then it's just going to keep being the same thing so it might be eye-opening and it might be harsh and it might get a lot of backlash but at the same time I'm just glad that it's been showcased and it's yeah. true to the authentic voice of where this area is mm -hmm. that it exists that it can be discussed and for people to realize some part of society that they might not have known before. I know that, you know, that's one of the great things about films and just arts and culture. It, it opens your eyes to what is out there. I I know that uh, pretty much most of the, the cast in this film, uh, they're considered non-professional actors. I'm not sure what the correct term is, so excuse me if I use the incorrect term. Were there opportunities to really collaborate with uh, those actors from Jojo to Dainan? Excuse me if I mispronounce, but, um, you know, were they able to bring some of their own experiences to the screen and the script and as you two kind of work with them throughout the process? I think, yeah, um, because we all grew up on the res, so we all have seen these types of people in our families. So I feel like it, it's not hard to because like you might have an uncle or you might have an auntie or you might have someone that's going through that but you know who they are as a person so you could just draw from your experiences of being around them or so and I, I feel like I've noticed that with even um with Jojo how he um came in and he has this little smirkiness like this little deceiving smirk on him and then it's <laughs> like that's Bill Red like I've known Bill Red since I was a kid I've known the whole ready since I was a kid and it's just if you're able to mirror those little personalities and just match those, you can, like the dialogue is nothing because we all grew up res. The dialogue is going to be res. We all going to sound res. We're all going to come out, speak res in our own, our own little way. We're going to have our own res words and it's going to sound very res because it doesn't sound like anyone else. It's just, can they match that personality of, of the character that they're playing? And for the most part, they did because it's like, you're not playing the character. You're just playing someone you know. Oh, you've mm -hmm. seen so I don't think it was too hard for them in that regard it was just mainly memorizing the lines and the timings mm -hmm. and the beats that was probably the the learning curve mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I've seen anyway yeah I have to agree with Frank is that it's that lived experience right I think that you don't get that anywhere else other than casting locally and I think that shows the power too of like sometimes films are trying to find their characters and there's this hesitation to do it within the community, right? Because sometimes your leads have to have a certain skill set, and so you're going to look elsewhere. And and I think that was the real effort on this is like making sure everyone was local or relatively close to the area. And I think that really shows in in the performances and and also on how these 
kids and, you know, we're given this opportunity to really lean into something that is totally in juxtaposition to the lives that they, you know, were coming from and living in and experiencing in their everyday, you know, like, of course, we were in this bubble making this film, but a lot of them had to go back, you know, to their own struggles and their own families, right? And so I think this allowed them to just express and play and work with these acting coaches and really want to, you know, sit with these lines. And I think that's the, the, like, the coolest thing about this is some people are like, oh, this feels very, like, it almost feels like a documentary and it feels really raw, like, where their improvisations and the reality is there wasn't, right? It was scripted and these kids were really dedicated to, to learning their lines and to really constructing that scene with intention and 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 I think that is how they all showed up in that collaboration and, and wanting to be a part of this and that was for me it was just really beautiful to watch as someone who's lived here and you know worked really hard to be in this space you know to always advocate for our people and be like yeah there's incredible talent here you know when given the opportunity to do it and creating the space to do it and to see it in motion and to see it living was just it was really profound. And I think that's so amazing that everybody kind of wanted to come together on the project and and put forth their best effort, even if, you know, for a lot of them, they probably never thought of themselves as starring in a film and doing something of this scale. Um, what are some of the things that uh, some of the cast members either told you while you guys were filming or after everything had wrapped about, you know, as they were maybe thinking more about the film and, and just the whole process that they had been involved in, were they also very much kind of in this, holy cow, how are we here? How are we doing this? Or was it more so like, this is amazing that we get to share stories such as this, maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think from what I've heard and it's funny because Ladinian is actually over at my house. He's become really good friends with my younger brother. Oh, that's sweet. But, you know, but being able to see this spark in him, you know, of like, oh, I actually see myself being an actor, right? And setting intentions and having conversations around like, oh, I want to keep myself in school because like, you know, I want to go to like acting school, for example. I know we had a conversations about Juilliard at one point, you know, and like just see that opportunity kind of spark in him and there's another a young man um named ta he plays one of the boys and um you know he's he got into an acting camp i mean not an acting but a filmmaking camp called outlast that's going to be starting in a couple of weeks that i'm going to be a mentor on and he's learning how to the craft of filmmaking from behind the scenes from story you know and so you see the spark kind of emanating from them and and it's just really like yeah it's just super yeah, cool just to witness and hear that excitement come out of this opportunity. That is so, so wonderful. I, I'm curious, you know, what the approach was to tackle these two stories that, um, though they're separated throughout the film, except at some, some points, um, we obviously get to see a lot of similarities in between what these two uh, young men are experiencing in their lives here on the reservation. Franklin, and, and to both of you, actually, you know, what was, I guess, how did you sit down and, and decide, okay, this is what we're going to be doing with this. This is the story that we're going to be telling with these two specific experiences. Hmm. I guess I never really thought about separating the parallels because, I mean, we did that for the sake of the film, but it's just like, these are, one person can live through all of this. So 
to me it's really like they're one character like to me just because it's like the separation is you could have lived that through your early years and now you're in this situation because of that life you lived in your early years and now you're in Bill's situation mm -hmm. so to me it's it's always just been one character like obviously you needed to divide for the film but it's just it just showcases what can go wrong if you keep doing what you're doing and you choose not to straighten up mm -hmm. so because i play the father and there's another example it's just you could spiral out to the character that ultimately my demise in the film it's just yeah i don't know it's just all in one to me because it's just lived experiences or my friends lived it or I know someone who lived through this or I know kids that have a shit end of the situation even right now mm -hmm. so it, it's to me I never seen it separate no I think you answered that perfectly I mean I think there was a convention there right to tell these parallel stories but really you know like Brent said like there was that intention there that they were always one person and be able to like split it up like that and create that parallel you know, to create that experience for an audience to understand, you know, that experience of what it's like to grow up and 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 try to find, you know, really the, the center of this, like that manhood, right? What does that mean, you know, growing mm -hmm. up on the res in this? Yeah. Well, I think it is very powerful. Nonetheless, one person, two different stories. Um, I am getting the wrap on my end. So I just want to thank both of you so very much for your time and for chatting with me. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. I heard you got an expensive new dog and a fancy job. You mad at me? No. I don't expect much from you. Don't bring no drama into my TV, okay? You need some help? How'd you like to make another hundred dollars? Yo, what did you do? I don't want you here no more. If you let me stay, I'll work for you for free. I don't speak Lakota. I ain't trying to be with someone who can't even get through high school. You know that you're not any different from them. I'm really sorry. <laughs> what a coincidence. I have to I warn know. you, my, my computer, my internet keeps freezing, so... I might. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. There, there it goes. It's just like that. Does right now. All right. <laughs> Quite a quick freeze. It like it's like maybe like five seconds each freeze, but sometimes we just have to wait for her to. That's okay. To come back. No problem. Well, I guess in the meantime, hi Gina. It's very nice to meet you. There she is. Hi. <laughs> You're back. Funny. The second you said it, uh. I know. At least I said it.
Well, thank you so much to both of you, Gina and Riley, for your time today. It's, I'm so excited to be able to chat a little bit about War Pony. Um, I just had the opportunity to see it yesterday, and immediately it was like, great, many questions. So excited to talk about it. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, congratulations. This won the, the Camera d'Or last year at Cannes. I'm sure that that was just such a crazy exciting moment what do you what do you remember from from last year doing the festival circuit and that being kind of the best way to start it all off with <laughs> oh my gosh dream come true I'm just yeah. gonna get like one word sound bites in before I freeze again <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like incredibly humbling and incredibly like an incredible honor I think that this was a, a, a movie that like we didn't really ever look to results or look to how it ends. You know, I think it was so hard to, to make it and so hard to finance it and so hard to get it made that it was so much of like, do we have enough resource to do today? Do we have enough resource to handle tomorrow? Do we have enough resource? You know, it was day by day, like a, an exercise in extreme presence. And I think that uh, I don't even think we I think that being invited to Cannes in the first place was in we were so surprised and so taken back and then to win that can was just yeah like yeah it really was a dream come true but incredibly humbling and and, and an incredible honor and I think that for a lot of you know our, us and our, our collaborators like also like a beautiful kind of and maybe it's silly and then and, and you know this is you know tokenized but there was like kind of a validation that came with like oh we made a movie that people watched and it was like received in such a beautiful way and I think that that for all the the, the times along the way where we thought it was impossible or thought it wasn't maybe going to happen it was like it, that was like oh it really did happen and it's really we really have this physical thing now that 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 proves that I know you have such a one beautiful shiny award yeah. <laughs> um, oh, actually, apparently it's broken Oh no, Riley! Sorry, <laughs> spilling that's all the off secrets. the record. <laughs> Why is it off the record? Because it's not good. No, it's so bad. Just shush. She's she's, she's going off. <laughs> so, I'm acting out. We're going off on the deep end right We're now. Off on the deep end. <laughs> Can't go freeze, go freeze again. Just freeze. <laughs> Let her speak. Yeah, I just have the tea. <laughs> She does. We like we like this. We like this part. No, of the no, no. There's, apparently, there is a chip in our camera door. There's no chip. She's not even telling the truth. There is no chip. Something. This is off the record. Something came loose that needs to be reattached. But it's not. Why it's is that so private? I don't know. I just don't want like them to be like, oh, they disrespected the camera door. <laughs> It could have been oh, something like in-flight travel. Maybe that could it have was been. I don't it know. It wasn't flight travel and something slightly came undone. Anyway, we were what? like, yeah, it was a wonderful shock and we couldn't believe we won. We will be sending the French authorities your way because of these yes. revelations that you have told us. We'll never be invited back. <laughs> never. <laughs> no, Will. Um, I... I... <laughs> Well, I'm already loving the energy from both of you. One of my questions was, you know, how did you know that you two were like the best pairing to team up on a film? But I'm pretty much seeing it already right here. Depends on the day. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, go on, Ryan. Oh, I don't know. We're best friends and we work well together. We write well together. Um, we have the same sensibility, like same taste. 
same humor. So those, it's like very easy to collaborate. Like we like the same things. We'll never write a scene and go, and we, both of us will know if we don't like it. it like we never have different taste, which is kind of like very, um, you like it doesn't ha happen often. I think with people who co-write or write things with a partner or, or try co-writing, I think that often you'll have one, have people with different tastes because everyone's so different. So yeah. in, in a lot of ways, we're very similar with what we like and what we don't like. And I think that that's kind of why we work well together, I think. Yeah, I do think that like, like I feel very lucky to have Riley to have met Riley and like I feel like she's like my creative soulmate like there is just like it's not like it's always easy and that it's not like that's it doesn't it comes without ego without without uh you know different ways of communicating and different ways of existing but I think that like we are we have such alignment when something works and I think that we have a really really interesting ability to like improve each other like she will improve my work and I think that I can sometimes improve her work or see things that she's not seeing or she'll see things that I'm not seeing. And I think that that is like, and it's always, if something's not jiving and I can't figure out why it's not, or she can't figure out why it's not. I think that we, if we, when we eventually land on something that we both like, it's always better than what one of us was doing separately. And I think that that is like really, I think really. It's also like, it's also rare to have a environment where you can like share a really shit version of a scene with somebody <laughs> and know they're not judging you. And like, them see the kernel of what you're where you're going and try and you know bring out whatever that is and then and then constantly going back and forth and improving on it it's just like a very it's it's like having somebody to bounce your own ideas off that's not you but is almost you you know and it's it's really cool I, I'm a reporter in my full-time job and uh, it is terrifying to have to show like a story that you've been spending so much time working on and right away you see your editor like okay how do we change everything and you're like oh my god that's the yeah. worst feeling so it's so nice that you too it's, you know there's that trust there's trust and it's so personal oh there she goes there she goes She's <laughs> say, let me see if I can finish her sentence no, there's trust and it's so personal and it's so intimate, I yeah. think is what she was going to say, that it's like you have to have that to be free. Like I think that we're both people that create from, you know, that that it's like you have to have that to be able to be free an idea. And I think that we had that with Billy and Frank too, to bring it back to this movie, because this movie was not a collaboration between the two of us. It was a collaboration between the two of us and Billy and Frank. And then when the actors came in, our actors and with our really wide our producer you know like I think that there was it was such a collaborative way of of working that that essence of what we're talking about between the two of us is something that we really try to instill into into our production and into set onto set that it was very a safe place to be in a bad mood to fuck up to try something to not want to do something to try something else you know like it was not there was nothing rigid or or um, authoritarian about this production, you know, like it was so collaborative and so about checking in and playing and 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 being free to speak and free to to exist with one another. Yeah, in the same way that like if if I write something and share it with Gina, or Gina writes something and shares it with me, we'll say like this is great, but I don't like this line. This sucks, and this is corny, or this is great, you know, and that openness 
we also had from all of our actors, Jesse would, you know, say, I hate this line, I'm going to go rewrite it. And I think like, in a lot of ways, that kind of working environment for us is really um, effective, like just like total honesty and, oh, and, but in a nurturing and, and, and like, every, every, every one of us wanting each other to do our best work and knowing what we're capable of and supporting each other to get there, but being able to, you know, not, not feeling uncomfortable saying like, I don't like this or this isn't working for me. Right. I mean, I'm sure all of you have the same end goal with this film, just deliver the truest, most, you know, passionate project that you can. And it's better just to have it all out in the open in terms of the honesty between what everybody thinks versus sugarcoating things. And then people being like, well, actually we should have done this differently. I don't like how this ended up being. (laughs) Totally. Yes, I definitely wanted to ask. So I know I, I've read in a few interviews previously that both of you had met Franklin and Bill, kind of started working this creative relationship with them. But I guess, how did all of that happen? Did did Franklin and, and Bill already have a story such as this in mind? And it just was like, oh, wait, now we've got Gina and Riley on board too. And all of that happens? Or was that just more so, I guess, organic and through conversations that the four of you had? I mean, it was years of friendship, like years of friendship and and playing around together and making kind of small music, like little, we used to make little bits of art. We played around with different technologies. Like we just used to make things together and, and hang out together and be friends. Like we just spent, you know, years kind of being friends. And I think that part of the part of the friendship was that they're both Frank and Bill, both are like, and Frank's a, a rapper, a musician and, and, you know, does this in his music as well, but they're both incredibly vivid, beautiful, wise, rich storytellers. Also, Billy specifically is a such a and loves loves a great embellishment with his storytelling. Like he's a very creative, creative storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I think that like they used to tell us stories that you just used to sit around, you know, until like three, four in the morning just talking and listening to their stories. And I think that what started is like just like anecdotes that were so that would make us laugh or make us cry go oh my god I can't believe that you've lived through this um turned into like you kind of just organizing them and kind of notating them or like writing some things down and then it it, and then and then being like maybe we should do something with these stories because they'd also experienced you know Riley and American Honey and they kind of you know I think that there was like they had the spark there as well and I think that from that there was so many different processes and parts of our collaboration like there was there was a whole year where Billy and Frank would send us like voice notes of either them telling us a story or just like recording the the boys having a chat you know like they just put their they just put their phone and record or video the the boys having you know 30 minutes of the boys chatting and send it to us and that kind of became the the seeds of the film was their stories and then once we had that and started kind of archetyping it into some sort of blueprint of what this could look like then came the real work of like scene work and doing a draft and of something they've sent us and then sending to them and then them notating it and I think that that it was like so I can't pinpoint the time where we were like oh we have a script but I know that that it was it was equally conscious and intentional as it was like organic and serendipitous you know like it was it was the two things at once that that don't really make sense to go together but it was that it was like we worked really hard on something that had a life of its own Mm -hmm. you know that kind of magically happened and and 
and the universe kind of put in front of all or put us all together in this beautiful way and it was very natural but it was you know we we all put a lot of hours in and worked really hard at it you know at the script and perfecting it I just had the opportunity to speak with Franklin and Willie and obviously hear how very personal this film is to to them drawing from personal experiences and and telling a story about life on reservation land that I'm sure many people are not aware of. They don't know what is happening. Um, as you two were hearing these stories, and definitely as like a script was emerging and you all were involved in that, um, I guess what what would you say, you know, was either the most valuable thing that you had learned through all of those tales? And I'm sure also it was probably very, uh, a lot of pressure to step into this story as directors and writers and, and you know, having to help navigate these personal tales as well. I kind of have two questions going there, so I'm sorry, but I guess the first question is about, you know, what was the most either surprising thing, most inspirational, valuable thing that you had learned through Franklin's tales and, and just other stories? That is a good question. I think the most valuable things for me, it's not that I've learned, but are like the relationships we have now um a lot of my friends or our friends in pine ridge are like family and we kind of really lucked out in that we have like this second home and family that is really like i don't know you don't get that from just making any movie you know and yeah i think the life experiences and things we've all been through together and the the bonds we have have been um really life-changing for for me and um I think that that's right and I think as an extension of that to be like how it directly relates back to your question is like this now fully knowing and because of having lived through it like if I look at my life and I look at Riley's life like how did we end up in making or being a part of making this movie like it, it's it's it it's 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 in a way illogical and it doesn't make you know what I mean it doesn't feel like if, if someone was to tell it doesn't me it sense on paper me <laughs> when I was 13 years old and I realized I wanted to make movies that this would be my first movie I'd be like wait what but it makes so much and I it doesn't make but it makes so much sense having lived through what we've lived through and I think that for me it goes directly back to this thing of like we really do all bleed red like the the friendships and the connection that we have with the people that we've made with each other and the people that we've made this movie with surpass where we were born, how we were raised, what color our skins are, you know, like it surpasses all these things. It's true, 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 true human connection. And I think that like, that is for me, so important for the world, you know, like, like we are all humans who all bleed red and all can connect and, and people can connect, can connect to this film who are indigenous and people can connect to this film who aren't indigenous. And I think that it's because you're at the end of the day, it's a human experience. And I think for me, like that is the biggest takeaway, which I obviously we all know, and and you know it's not something that it's something new, but I I think living through the profound friendships and family that this has been birthed out of this collaboration, it's like the most important friendships in my life. You know, like I have no deeper connections with anyone, and I think that for me is like is is kind of beautiful, and and for me the most the most treasured thing out of out of this. I can imagine. I mean, um, and I'm sure kind of going into the second question that I had, 
because you have those deep-rooted friendships and relationships and you had spent so much time uh, on the reservation over the years, you know, when it finally came time to stepping into the director's role as and taking this film and and shooting it, was how how did all of that feel? Was it a lot of um, either pressure felt, or nerves? I think it just felt not like the natural progression of what we'd been doing. And it was so intimate and like, it was like, okay, now we're going to, you know, Jess's aunt's house and we're going to film this scene. You know, it was very like, intimate and community and we're in people's homes we knew and loved and you know so it was very like yeah I just felt like we were doing what we had been doing for the last year but cameras were there and we had a crew to you know to with us but yeah I don't think I don't think we felt pressure I think that we all felt excited that actually we're doing this that this is happening and we raise the money and it's a real thing it's not just this thing that we're hoping for had you experienced that, uh, either one of you, on previous projects that you've worked on, that type of feeling where it's more it's more bliss, it's more happy, it's more doing something so collaborative and so intimate versus, I mean, I'm not an actress, so I don't know what it's like stepping on, on a set and how those feelings might be. But, you know, I'm just curious, does this stand apart compared to some other works? It stands apart compared to everything I've ever done because I've never had such an intimate relationship with people and then written about their lives with them you know Mm -hmm. that that in itself was different to anything I'd ever experienced and yeah yeah, so so it was it was certainly a a -a one-of-a-kind experience and and probably the most I don't know it was a it was a it was an experience it wasn't a movie making you know it was like it was like a years of this life adventure with friends and and yeah all kinds of things i i think also like something that differentiates i think that there is a a thing that happens on movies when you're making a movie you you get like a movie family you know you get uh you get a feeling of like you create this little world and then you leave the little world and i think that two things um, make this different is that first of all there was none of that creating the world and then leaving the world. Like we still go there. We still, the way that it started was so uh, natural and organic. The boys come and stay with me multiple, you know, many times a year. Like we are in such communication, but also it's not just with the cast and the collaborators in the movie. It's also their families, you mm-hmm. know, like it's their mothers, it's their aunties, it's their cousins. Like there's such a, it's such a, it's there's such a community, extended community around this of people who, weren't working on the movie or you know were just peripherally involved and I think that that is what makes it really different is it's really you know the 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 roots that we laid with this film are really deep yeah and I think that the it's almost like the relationships the experiences were the number one sort of priority and the movie was kind of secondary to that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and it was like the movie was this sort of like time capsule in a way of this part of our lives as opposed to like just a yeah a movie and how nice to be able to you know be able to look back on that anytime you want and in the future too since I am being asked to wrap up in just a few minutes I would just love to know um you know your experiences directing these uh this great group of non-professional actors that you have in this film it seems like everybody kind of could just throw their ideas out there or at least 
showcase what their personal experiences were when portraying these characters? Was it much like that too on set where you guys got to talk with uh, all of these different actors about how they might relate to a, a certain scene or the storylines that they're inhabiting? I guess, what was it like tackling it from the director's side? Well, typically what we would do is we had a script and the script was like written by myself, Gina, Frank and Bill, right? So it was like the story was there, um, the scenes were there, but then we would hire, have our actors, whoever came in to play parts, uh, rehearse the scenes with the acting coach and with each other. And during the rehearsals, they would come up with, they would turn it into their own, you know, take take ownership over the scene and mm-hmm. and, you know, change little things they wanted to change. And then we would implement that into the script and then change the scene. So it was like, you know, every character every actor kind of, you know, felt ownership over their character, I think, in that way. Yeah, well. I think that, that's right. I don't really have anything to add to that because <laughs> it's just the same way as like we just wanted to create like a very free and, and open and playful and communicative and safe space. Wonderful. Well, um, as I said, I have to get going now, but thank you both so very much for your time. It was such a pleasure to learn a little bit more thank about you. the the behind the scenes stuff and to see both of you yell at each other a little bit so <laughs> thank you it's what the people that's, that's not us it's yelling exactly. at each other but but it's but it's she's something. always like wants to hide the hide these parts of us where she doesn't <laughs> want the world to know we bicker Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Emma Sasek's interviews with the writers and directors for War Pony, Gina Gamble and Riley Keough, co-writer Franklin CU Bob and producer Willie White here on the Next Best Picture podcast. War Pony is now playing in limited release and is available on demand from Momentum Pictures. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.